0: Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. This is the delayed broadcast brought to you in the morning by the Double L Team, filling in for the M Factor while Mon is away. Positively different radio in the morning with Lyle and Lawson. What are
1: you thankful for this morning, Lawson? Oh man, what am I thankful for? Yesterday I got vaccinated. So I can go to, so okay, can go so to Lawson, Africa. Lawson is a walking pin cushion this morning. Yeah, I um, I got the yellow fever shot, and um yeah I can feel it, you know, destroying
0: my body. And, cool. Um, Let's have a yeah. vaccination debate. <laughs> Lawson is Lawson is feeling the uh, the autism. Yeah, I'm feeling the autism seeping, seeping through his body. Um, that should be fun for Faith. We should do that one morning. Yeah, we should. You'll you'll get ready to call in with your um. hot takes. Hot takes on vaccination. Absolutely. Unpopular opinions, whatever it may be. We want to hear them. (laughs) Not today, though. You can't call in at all. You know why? Because it's a delayed broadcast. That's right. Uh, You guys are just behind the times. If you want to hear the live show, you've got to listen to it online because if you're listening to this delayed broadcast, it means that you're in an area where you where the live show is unavailable. You can't mm. call up. But you'd be out of date. You can call yep. up and start talking about vaccinations. Like, yeah, we've moved on. We're now talking about um, dogs. Yeah. Or you know, cats. Globalization. Global yeah, yeah. global warming. Uh-huh. Anything. Big issues. Yeah. What are, you, what are you grateful for this morning? I'm grateful that my wife has made it safely to the United States. Oh, yes. Which is slightly different from what I was grateful for on the live show. Mm-hmm because now she has safely arrived I know this she's
1: in there she's She's there she's there she's ready to go she's actually and listening to the show show. listening to the show absolutely on the internet of course if you want to listen to the show on the internet what what can you do she can listen to
0: it in San Francisco (laughs) airport you can listen to it anywhere in Australia go to faithfm.com.au press play Mm -hmm. Just do it on your phone, do it on your tablet, run it through your car stereo, whatever you want to do, or or, or, or download the TuneIn app or one of the other radio apps, we like the TuneIn one, you get the free version of it, um, and just put it right there in your favourites, you just, you know, click of the button, click of the button, and you've got perfect signal all over Australia, you get to listen to Faith FM radio, it's just the best. Awesome. What's coming up in our show? We are going to talk about temperatures.
1: Yes, Temperatures, hottest temperature on the record
0: h- Hottest temps we said, Yeah, hottest, t- hottest temperatures, we're, gonna talk about temperatures uh, we're going to talk about temperatures uh, We're going to talk about We've got Kate we got King- Kingston coming on for an interview We're going to talk to Mon We're going to talk to Mon We've got an interview We've got an encounter with God We're in Revelation 13 So get ready to digest some heavy food We and are going to name the Antichrist ooh, And of course this is your last this show episode. This is your last show before you go to uh, Ethiopia I am off, I am out of here Gonskis <laughs> everybody. As we do at this hour of the morning, we cross over to Mon in South Africa. Mon, what have you got to share with us today?
2: <laughs> oh, Lyle, I actually have some positive news. So I know back in the day when I used to still be in Australia, which just seems so long ago now, I always did the positive news segment and I we, actually have a really interesting one here in we, South Africa.
0: <laughs> we are looking forward to you being back here again, Mon.
2: <laughs> I'm not so sure that I am. I'm kind of getting into the African rhythm, the African vibes. I might just not come <laughs> home ever, Lyle.
0: <laughs> oh dear. So tell us about your I positive news. Wind. I have a nature
2: win. I have a nature win to share with you, Lyle. So this is really cool. Even though it has a sweet i mean, it has a bitter start. It has a kind of a sweet finish. So, what's the worst thing that could possibly happen to a species? Extinction. Exactly. Here in Africa, they have something called the quagga. It's kind of spelt quagga, but apparently that's not how you say it. And it's a very Aussie way of saying quaha. But I just want to call it a quagga for the purpose of this interview because it's way too hard to keep saying quagga. Um, <laughs> they have a quagga, right? And uh, and look it up. It's really interesting beast q u a g g a um it's it's kind of looks like half a zebra so the front half looks like a zebra the the head the front legs and the back half kind of looks like um I guess like a cow has a like creamy brown, really beautiful shade of brown, and the stripes sort of blend down into this brownness, and it's actually really beautiful. I was, I was seeing zebras up close constantly in Kenya, and they were just phenomenal, and uh, and definitely one of my favorite of the animals to see. But when I saw the, the quagga, I was like, oh, wow, that's actually really nice. Like, at first you're like, is that a discount zebra? Um, but it's actually a really beautiful creature. Um, unfortunately, it is extinct. Uh, they were hunted just ruthlessly throughout the 1800s and, um, <clears throat> and yeah, and they went extinct. And, uh, and they didn't realize, they didn't realize they had gone extinct. They had several in captivity, like in zoos, and, uh, and then one day, um, the last female died in, in, in a zoo, in a zoo enclosure, and they're looking around for some more, and that's when they realized it actually had, had this, this, through their fingers, and they'd lost a the whole species. So they were devastated, and uh, and there was a concerted effort to sort of preserve something, anything for history, and uh, and uh, you know, sending in pictures and so forth. And um, and a taxidermist in the process of um, stuffing a calf, a, a, a di- the calf that had died, and he chunk of flesh still attached to the hide. And so, um, he did the right thing. He took the chunk of flesh and he took it to a laboratory, um, for them to do testing and so forth. And, uh, information that they harvested the, from the DNA, they actually found that the quagga was not its species. It was actually a subspecies of, which you might think that, but really good news because it means if it's a subspecies, you could potentially breed it back. And um, they had that information for a while, but then in the in the eighties. In the 1980s, um, someone said, you know what, we need to fix this issue. And, uh, and now that we know so much about breeding and, you know, and, and genetics and so forth, we can put modern science to good work and see if we can actually bring back an extinct species. Something you've never heard of, right? And how cool yeah, is that? Yeah. I mean, oh. it's not cool that it went extinct in the first place, but it's definitely... And many steps in the right direction to rectifying something that we humans have done, which we do so often. And so they started the Quagga project, and you can actually Google. More of these—it's super fascinating—and um, they got zebras. Um, they started breeding them. Like, they got ones that had like pale stripes because uh, there are two different kinds of zebras. There's the common zebra, which is the one that has a really strong contrasting uh, black and white stripes, and then you have um, something called the grey zebra, where the black stripe isn't nearly as strong. Um, but they would, you know, just the same way in the Bible, how they had the spotted ones and the non-spotted ones. You know, you know that story of Jacob and Leah and Rachel, and you know, it was all that kind of stuff. And so. They um, they started working on it uh, in the you know 30, forty years ago, and now there are about hundred and sixteen of these new quaggers. I can't really call them quaggers; you'd lose it, but there is as close to it as you will get and they've released them into the wild now. And, uh, and they're actually in the mountains around Cape town. So I'm on an absolute mission. I'm hunting, um, to see if I can spot one of these, one of these species that was literally brought back from the dead.
0: That's amazing story, Mon. That's really sensational. And, uh, um, what are your chances of actually seeing one in the bush?
2: Well, apparently it's pretty high. Apparently, like they're because they're so protected and they're quite revered now. Um, you know, animals that usually are quite protected usually get quite, quite gutsy. <laughs> I mean, cockers on Rockness Island over and where they'll just take a banana out of your handbag if you're not careful because they're so protected. Um, so I should have a pretty good chance. I just have to, I just have to go to the right region. So there's the university of Cape town, uh, which is set in the foothills of table mountain. And, uh, and apparently they just roam you around in there. Um, I do have to be a little bit quiet. Um, and I have to sort of get on the campus. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure I can get, I can get through with it. The laws here are very lax in almost every regard. Um, uh, for example, today, I'm going to talk about this in, an, in a later episode, but today I actually went to a township. Township is what they call slums or ghettos here. And, um, and I did a, a walking tour. And, and Yes, it's incredibly dangerous, but I was very safe. I was with a guided, I uh, had a guided uh, tour guide with me and, uh, and we had police protection and so forth. But one of the aspects was they, the lady took me into a primary school and pictures of the students mind-boggling to school and take pictures of the students. Um, incidentally, it was nap time, so it was sleeping students. I could just walk through a school. So, getting onto a campus and roaming around in the bush is not much of an issue here, whereas in Australia, you'd be put in prison for doing that. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I reckon I have a pretty high teaching am to hunt down a, a local guide and see if I can get some intel, um, you know, seasonal information and, uh, and maybe some tips and tricks. Hopefully, I will get a shot. Even better yet, I'll get a selfie and I'll post it onto our <laughs> social media.
0: Yeah, so this is your mission, Mon. You know how they all do a, uh, a, a quacker selfie on Rottnest Island. Your mission <laughs> now is to do the equivalent with, <laughs> a, quagga um, with, a, with a quagga selfie. And see, see if you can get a smile the same quagga. way that the, the, the quacker ones do. <laughs>
2: I am, I'm not sure I can get a, a, an animal like a zebra to smile, but hey, I'll give it a crack. Anything for <laughs> you and the team, while wow.
0: <laughs> uh, you have to send some more photos over so that we can post them up on uh, on our Facebook page. We 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 very much enjoy the pictures that you send across.
2: Yes, I still have a, I still have a last few bunch of pictures to send from, um, some of the clinics in Kenya. I am still, um, waiting for permission to post pictures from, uh, when we went to a woman's prison there in Kenya and, uh, we weren't supposed to take pictures but we, we did. It turns out that the prison guards are a bit more relaxed and, first expected but we need permission to to stick those kind of footages online because we don't want to um we don't want to disrupt and 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 take the mission backwards um and get them into trouble so
0: yes indeed and uh the last thing that you want to do is um is give uh is create trouble for kenya health or longer sentences for the women
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. And I don't want to create a bad name for the Aussies, you know, us Aussies. We're we're actually not... Hugely loved in South Africa, as it turns out. Um, <laughs> apparently, a lot of the a lot of the people you know, you know how I said before, there's a lot of racial tension here in South Africa. And, um, and usually, as an as an Australian traveller, people love Australians everywhere you go. You get like a free pass for almost everything. Um, but in South Africa, apparently, there's a lot of beef with the white tourists that come here and act all colonial. And the main ones are the Germans, the Aussies, and the Kiwis. And I'm like, oops. <laughs> <It's> like <me. laughs>
0: I <laughs> you ticked two of those boxes already.
2: <laughs> I, I know, it's terrible, isn't it? So when I tell people that I'm Australian, here, they're like 0% impressed, which is new for me, new for me indeed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, we go, Mon, thank you so much for joining us.
2: No worries, have a good one.
0: All right, that was Mon giving us her, uh, her daily update from South Africa with just a, an amazing story there of a... Uh, an extinct species being brought back. So there you have it. Anyway, we're going to move on with this song and we'll be back right after this. <laughs> back guys that was ben and Noel with i am yours here on faith fm and we have come to the first clue for the quiz for today kind of starts a little bit late when we uh, have to cross over to mon but that's okay what have you got for us there lawson right, clue for the quiz here we go okay who am i
1: in paul's second letter to timothy he tells how everyone had left him except me
0: Hmm. I'm gonna take a stab here. Oh, no, that's not right.
3: Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you're incorrect. Sorry. <laughs> If you know who this is ah, I got, I think I think I've got it I think I've got it Too like late. still Too late. If you know who this is give us double a call 800 324 843 and you will get double prizes remember someone got double I've been prizes doing yesterday badly at the quiz lately What to, is with that You need to step your game up Lyle. You just need Unbelievable to Get your head in it Yeah But anyways what is going on around
0: the world in current news All right so what is uh, happening is that there is a new study that has come out Um, Another study, should I say, stating what we already know in relationship to type 2 diabetes. Okay. Um, Which, of course, is fully reversible through, uh, and and this one, I guess the thing that makes this study different is that it was only looking at the issue of weight loss. So it wasn't you know it wasn't a total lifestyle change, you know plant based diet, all that kind of stuff. Um, we know that that will reverse diabetes, but this was just looking at weight loss just just all you do is lose some weight, and uh, they have decided that definitively I mean we already knew this for like the last forty years, but. They have definit- They say they now have definitively decided that type two diabetes is not a progressive disease, and that it is easily reversed by losing weight. This was a study that was done in Scotland. There were about three hundred participants, and one hundred and fifty of those were given uh, you know the standard uh, treatment, just given handed out by the GP, just given some insulin, and mm-hmm. don't tell them anything about their lifestyle. And one hundred and fifty of them were required to lose weight over a five month. Period, and then they were studied over a twenty-four month period. Mm-hmm. So, amongst those who lost uh, around about ten kilograms, um, two thirds of those went in, were still in remission after two years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's pretty significant. Mm. Um, knocking off ten kilo. Uh, those that lost lost fifteen and a half kilograms, they were just they weren't just in remission. They were and it wasn't just two thirds; they were all free. Yeah, diabetes free. Yeah. Uh, then they found that for all of those because they lost weight over a five month period Mm -hmm. um, for all of those who then regained the weight as soon as the weight started to come back on the diabetes came back on with it so it's just a a weight issue in relationship to diabetes and uh, the answer is or the the simple reality is that if you have type 2 diabetes that's your choice yeah wow Mm. I know that sounds a bit Blunt, but that's the simple reality. Mm. It is a lifestyle choice. Mm. And diabetes is a tremendous scourge in Australia. One of the top three killers in Australia, diabetes, mm. heart disease, and cancer. And particularly in the South Pacific, you've got places like Samoa, where 50% of the population has diabetes, and mm. the numbers are climbing dramatically. And, of course, we see here in Australia that you know the numbers are climbing dramatically, not quite as fast as the South Pacific, but being driven by junk food and sugary drinks yeah. that we are giving to our children. And really, to be giving this kind of stuff to your children is, is a form of child abuse. Mm. Because if you were to take your kid and to inject them with, say, HIV, mm. you go to jail for that. Yeah, fully. But if you inject them with a sugary drink every day. You know, you're just as surely destroying their life. You, because mm. you get HIV, you're going to be on medication for the rest of your life. Yeah. You get diabetes, you're going to be on medication for the rest of your life. Mm. Uh, these are both diseases that will um, shorten your life and that you need to control through medication. Uh, but, yeah, you'd be in trouble for giving a kid medica- uh, HIV, but you're would not necess- you not going to be in trouble for giving your kid diabetes. Yeah, Wow. Well. And if your kid does not have type 1 diabetes and they get diabetes, then guess what? You're their parent. You gave it to mm. them and you need to now step in and be a parent and reverse it. Yeah. That's so give us a call, 1-800-324-843. <laughs> if you've got some thoughts on this, I made some strong statements yesterday. <laughs> People had some thoughts on that. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's what's happening in the news right now. Okay, so in further news... Uh, Of course, we've come to the end of summer. The the numbers are out. Um, This is the all-time record hottest summer um, that has ever taken place in Australia. Mm. And in the 90 days of summer, we broke 206 records. Heat records. Yes. 206. Days so hot that the fruit was literally, in some places, cooking on the trees. (laughs) Blazing down. And, of course, the hotter it gets, the more aircons we turn on, the more aircons we turn on, the hotter it gets. Bit of a vicious cycle happening there, but anyway. Mm. Um, one of the biggest issues that it has raised is the uh, need for a drastic expansion in bushfire control yeah. uh, resources because we're now looking at a bushfire season that is the best part of you know 12 months long. Mm. And, of course, uh, we need to... Uh, keep the Victorians in our prayers at the moment. They're really struggling with some bushfires, along with a number of other places around Australia. We mm. even had a local one uh, just out my way last night. Uh, yesterday afternoon, um, yeah. had some big storms come through and lightning strikes all over the place. Had mm. everybody hopping. Um, so yeah, serious times. Yeah. Very very serious times. You- and we're looking at uh, apparently long term forecasts is for a very very dry
1: winter. Mm. Do we have a um, do we have a do you have a stat there for the hottest day? Ooh, let me see if I can dig one out for you. Because I would love to know what it is. Like, the hottest day in one location in Australia. I wonder if we
0: cracked the 50s this year. I'm sure we... uh, Well, I know we've cracked the 50s in the past. Mm. Uh, Marble Bar tends to be the hottest place in Australia with, like, half of the year above 40 degrees or something or other.
1: That's wild. Half of the year above 40 degrees. That's, like... That's just insane. I think also, like... Is this, you know, can we directly ascribe this to global warming? Like, is that is that what's going on?
0: Well, this is a very interesting question. Mm. Um, and a vexed question. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there. Anybody who denies climate change is a fool because climate change has been around forever. Mm. It's been around for like the last 6,000 years. The climate has changed many, many times. Yes. And there is so much evidence of that, you know, we've had uh, many ice ages, we've had uh, ice ages, we've had um, different levels of oceans. Mm. Uh, The climate is constantly changing. Yes. We are in the grips of climate change. Mm. I am not a climate change denier. The question, the real question that is associated Mm -hmm. with that is, is the Present climate change human induced because we know in the past that climate change has not been human induced. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I'm going to share my opinion and I'm going to share why I have this opinion. My opinion is that we do have the capability as humans right now to change the climate Mm -hmm. and to change a lot of things with our world because the Bible Mm -hmm. says that just before Jesus comes back that Jesus will destroy those who destroy the world. Yes. And I think that we are rapidly destroying the world Mm -hmm. through many of the uh, practices that we are involved in. And so, yeah, I do support... I do tend to be a little bit of a greenie to some extent. I, I do support <laughs> making our world a cleaner place. Mm. And even if even if uh it's not human induced, it can't be a bad thing for us to be cleaning up our environment that can never be a bad thing so if it's not human induced and it's just a thing that is happening and it's just a cycle and it causes us to clean up the environment then good yeah I think ultimately for me
1: the, the thing that I think is how is you know 800 Or You know To a billion cars Driving every single day Emitting You know Exhaust fumes How is that not Affecting our climate In some way You know How is uh, Yeah you'd wonder You like, would wonder. Like you know How is the billions And billions of tons Of carbon that's burned You know By By different Factories And you know Power stations And different things How is that not affecting The climate you know But anyways Do you have a statistic What was the hottest day This year I'm still looking for statistics. Oh, okay. Um, it's just, it's just <laughs> like you, you think you would uh, punch something in here, hottest just... day of the year, and then it'd tell you what it is. But yeah. classic Google. I move.
0: mean, uh, Victoria. I've got a temperature of forty-eight point eight. It's mm-hmm. getting up there. Um... <laughs> But it's giving me state records. I don't want a state record. I want a, a record for the hottest day in Australia <laughs> ever. Why can't it? Why can't it? What is wrong with Doctor Google this morning? We'll definitely get back. Think- this is Jaden
1: Levick with Turn Your Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled?
4: No light in the darkness, you see. There's a light for a look at the savior, and life more abundant. Turn your eyes upon Jesus
0: Okay, everybody, you're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia and we have come to the interview part of our breakfast show. Joining me on the phone this morning is none other than Kent Kingston, editor of Science Magazine. We always enjoy Kent's segments as he updates us on the latest adventures in Science Magazine. Kent, welcome to the show.
5: Thanks so much, Lyle. It's fantastic to be here on Faith FM again. G'day, Australia.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, we're moving on into the year is marching by. We're up to uh, the March edition of Signs. What can you tell us about... Apparently, there's a uh, famous photo on the front of this uh, this particular edition.
5: Well, the, the photo itself, I mean, not, it might not be that famous unless you're a you're a real uh, photography fan. Um, if you have a net, if you have a look on Netflix, there's a, a series there called Tales by Light uh, that looks at various different photographers. And uh, one of the um, the key sort of producers of that, who, who's helped with it, I think they helped with the soundtrack, they helped with other aspects, but also one of the episodes focuses on this particular photographer. His name is Simon Lister, and uh, it's one of his photos that is on the front of the March. At the time, it's it's a young uh, African girl uh, looking directly at the camera. It's uh, you know quite a, a striking image, um, as a lot of his, of his images are. Um, look, my, the uh, assistant editor of Signs, Daniel Kubrick and myself heard Simon Lister speak at a conference last year, and Daniel in particular was really taken by by his photography because you know Daniel's a bit of a bit of a photographer himself. So um, yeah, and and I was excited about the fact that he. Done a lot of motorcycle touring around the world, particularly in developing countries. Oh wow! Um, but yeah, I know. Wouldn't wouldn't that be awesome? Mm. Um, so, what if you travelled overseas um, to developing countries or Ireland? I think you probably have. You, you'll know that when you come to a, a remote sort of area in a developing country, the kids in particular are really excited to you know have a visitor from the outside. Yeah, I don't and uh, will we'll, will we, we'll jostle one another to get in front of the camera. So it's it's really not a challenge to uh, <laughs> to talk kids into having their photo taken. Um, so yeah, so Simon started taking these photos. Often they were you know like direct gaze into the camera. Um, um, and his photos sort of caught the attention of a few people including UNICEF you know the United Nations um, children's um, agency so and they said hey wow well, you know would you like to keep doing this but for us and they sent him to Particular locations, uh, and um, you know, to record what's going on on there. Uh, two things that he focused on: one is child labour, so he actually got right into factories and things like that where kids are, are in there working. Mm. Um, but he also got to uh, take photos of some of the UNICEF programs that are happening, where kids are getting an education and, and all this sort of stuff. So, kind of telling the story visually, and the result is, you know, is really striking. And look, Simon, you know, certainly like a lot of us, does have a spiritual side. And so in, in the uh, interview that he did with Daniel, he certainly does talk about his, his spiritual perspective as well and how he really feels he needs to fortify himself spiritually to, to go into some of these places and to see some of these situations and you know, feeling helpless to do anything about it. So, yeah, that's, that's our front cover story.
0: No, fantastic. And that, um, you know, I mean, I mean, what an adventure. And there's, there's certainly a little bit of danger involved in that kind of thing as well. I've been to some developing countries and will be traveling to one in a couple of days from now, heading over to Ethiopia and yeah, just randomly cruising around on a motorbike, I can imagine you could be in some dangerous situations at times, but um, fantastic that he's able to shine a light on you know what is what is happening and some of the needs that our world has, some of the, the desperate needs that our world has.
5: Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's, and it's really sad to think that, I guess, there are places in the world where, um, you know, yes, there's poverty, yes, there's difficulty, but, um, you know, why should the kids have to wear the brunt, wear the brunt of it? Um, it's, I guess, a, a bit of a sad indictment on humanity that so often, um, and it's not just in developing countries, even in countries like, like our own, we often seem to have the most um, vulnerable, you know, bearing the brunt of, of our country's problems. And, and that's, I guess, quite visible in those countries, perhaps a little less visible in our country, you know, such as you know we've got the Royal Commission into aged care, you know, that's been happening, and you know we sort of like to you know put our elderly and vulnerable away out of sight and that where they're often quite neglected and, and mistreated. It's a it's sort of a bit of a sad indictment of, of human nature, sometimes, I guess, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is indeed. And uh, Monica's been over in Kenya for the last month and been seeing you know a lot of this kind of thing, you know, firsthand, um, child labour and slave labour and so forth um, very very yeah. confronting um, and, and she, yeah. she, she did mention to us one time that the number one question that she was asked by children because they now have you know access to the internet through phones and so forth is why was I born here yeah yeah this was a question that yeah. we never used to get asked but wow heavy stuff. Yeah,
5: very very good question. Look, it sort of leads naturally into another article that that is in the March uh, edition um, that's entitled The Jesus Paradox, and it looks at a a particular uh, young lady uh, who grew up in Pakistan. Uh, She actually lived under the Taliban at one stage. You might have heard of her, uh, Malala Yousafzai. Um, She's actually a a joint Nobel Prize winner, Nobel Mm -hmm. Peace Prize winner, a few years back. But, you know, here's this schoolgirl who, under the Taliban um the The BBC actually helped her to um, to send her anonymous blogs out to the world about what it was like to live under the Taliban and she ex- expressed her displeasure of having the Taliban um, close down girls' schools and you know she she was really keen on school and she sort of wasn't allowed to go and boy she, was she upset um, so but when the Taliban you know were finally uh, booted out of there uh, her identity was revealed to the world um, but instead of saying, well you know that was my fifteen minutes of fame you know now I'll you know get on reality TV or something uh, or into a Bollywood career um, she just kept um, pushing um, this issue of girls education and you know she's since travelled all over the world she's helped start schools in refugee camps for disadvantaged kids there um, and so yeah this this story of Malala's is sort of a jumping off point to, um, to what the article calls the Jesus Paradox it's sort of this idea of you know when the weak are somehow strong I mean you know here's this Pakistani schoolgirl in in a hijab, um, who's you know doing these incredible things all over the world, and the, uh, the the article sort of goes on to explore this idea of how sometimes the most powerless among us can actually have the most powerful witness, and and I guess the, the climax of the article is looking at you know Jesus himself. Um, you know, we talked about you know Jesus had victory um, over sin. You know, Jesus was uh, you know somehow somehow the hero of the story, but his most heroic moment is when he's there, you know, pinned up naked on a, on a wooden Roman cross. You know, how is that a victory? There's a, a strange paradox in, in that, which is, you know, why the article is called the, the Jesus Paradox, um, to understand how when sometimes when, uh, when, well, when Jesus seemed to be at his most weak, he was actually at his most strong and victorious. And that can often be the case in, in our lives too. You know, when we're prepared to admit our weakness to God, to say, look, I'm, I'm inadequate here, that is precisely the point where God is most able to step in and you know bring his power to bear and actually you know make an an incredible difference to our lives
0: and that's a great illustration too because you know we may never have heard of this girl at the level that we have if you know she graduated from harvard or yale or somewhere or other Um, but because she came from such a place of weakness it's made her power it's made her work so powerful
5: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. Mm.
0: Fantastic. Very, what else is happening? In, what else is happening in March? Yeah.
5: Okay um we are look we do like to look at some sort of tough issues and you know because these are the issues people are struggling with, um, one in particular is uh, looking at the issue of like being a good dad even after separation or divorce and that that can be really tough um, so it 's actually written by a, a guy called patrick O'Neill who lives on New south Wales central coast, and um, look, he has an incredible story himself because he and his wife for uh, for many years actually um, um, were foster carers so apart from his own um, I'm just actually trying to flip through to the article and find wh- what it says in the bio there he um, has uh, had six kids of his own then two step kids and then more than 30 foster children so oh, this is a guy that you know <laughs> I know yeah so when it comes to fathering um, he also has a psychology and a, and a management degree so this is a guy um, who I'm going to listen to when, when it comes to uh, to fathering.
3: Yeah, he's definitely so, yeah, got
5: the he, runs on the he, board. He, I think so. So yeah, he, he he said some really interesting things about that uh, that unique contribution that a father can make to parenting, the the ways in which fathers and, and mothers can differ, and and how it's incredibly important for a dad to remain you know wherever possible uh, involved in in his kids' lives, even in those you know r- really difficult circumstances where the you know the marriage or the you know the parental relationship may have um, broken down.
0: Yeah, I'm really gr- glad that you've addressed this because it is an issue that is just such a common issue in our society today and so many fathers out there dealing with it so that's a really, really practical um, um, issue that you've tackled there and and one that uh, we don't really hear much about it, do we?
5: No, well, that's right. Um, I guess, you know, men generally, you know, we tend to suffer in silence a bit and, you know, think it's the right thing to do to be stoic and sort of bottle it up. And I guess sadly what often happens, you know, with us men is that those feelings can come out in negative ways, you know, sometimes in anger, um, sometimes in, you know, alcohol or, you know, other substance abuse. Um, yeah, it's, we often end up sort of punishing ourselves and punishing those around us for the negative feelings that, you know, that we are feeling instead of finding a, you know, a, a a good way to express those, you know, someone safe who we can express those to, and, and actually asking for help. You know, I think it's important to to get help. I actually I really love the um the motto of the Men's Shed movement where they say you know men don't necessarily talk face to face; they talk shoulder to shoulder. And uh, and I think that that's a really good um, you know notion for men to say, hey, look, you know, we, we're not necessarily likely to you know let, let's have a cup of tea and and sit on the couch and eyeball one another and you know, and you know, <laughs> we spill our guts. Um, but if we're leaning over the, you know, the bonnet of a car, or um, you know, doing some woodwork together, or you know, put, putting up a house or, or something, then it's amazing the conversations that will sort of come out. Um, you know, be, between the nails the held between the, the lips or or, or, or whatever, um, and, and that's really good to encourage. I think you know, men to be able to be open with one another and to support one another and not to shut one another down when you know some of that vulnerability does come to the
3: surface
0: yeah absolutely and i can think of uh you know we have an annual event up here where i am where we all head up to um we have this event called big camp and so there's like you know 30 40 guys go up there to set this thing up for a week and you know just while you're working shoulder to shoulder that's exactly where that's 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 how men connect
5: yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Hey, Lyle, um, yes. I do just want to tell you about, about one um, sort of project that we're, uh, look, this w- would probably count as the official public anna- announcement of it because we-, we haven't sort of gone public with it as yet, um, but it's come to my attention that Newcastle Airport, and I know you're you know, you're know, broadcasting from Newcastle, so people um, you know, in the Newcastle area and in the sort of northern New South Wales region in particular will be interested in this, but we'd really love to get some signs magazines in those tourist brochure racks at Newcastle Airport. There are three racks there prominently displayed. You know, there's, what, 30,000 people sort of, you know, going through there um, every 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 week or something. You know, it's, it's crazy amounts of people. Um, and it would actually cost us, I think, $660 per year to hire that rack space. And then, of course, we have to pay for the subscriptions of those magazines. So if we wanted 100 in there, for example, but uh, they're like twenty bucks each. So we're what, what's that? Two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So we, we're looking at just over two and a half grand for a whole year to have those science magazines supplied to the Newcastle Airport. So yeah, we're certainly uh, putting the call out, particularly to people who live in that area who are you know are passionate about Science Magazine and, and would love to see you know these uh, these inspirational messages um, you know that make people think that bring people closer to God. Um, they'd love to see those those sorts of that sort of. Material Material somewhere in public, um, like Newcastle Airport, yeah, we'd certainly love to, to talk to people about that and we'd love for people to support it.
0: Absolutely, I would uh, I'm hoping that a lot of our listeners will really get behind this one I use that airport on a very regular basis and I would absolutely love to see Signs Magazine uh, sitting there on the rack as I head through the airport so um, we're going to do what we can to give this some promotion and to see if we can raise the money to make this happen here on Faith FM, this is the first I've heard about it and I just think it's a a fantastic initiative that you've got going there Kent let's let's make this happen, you know two and a half grand is really not that much money in today's world yep, yep. and we have, yeah, yeah, so we so have it's a it's few it's few people put in some significant money and uh, and we are up and running.
5: Well, that's right, and and it, look, it does add up to a, a reasonably you know large amount for an individual person. But if we get a bunch of people working together, that would be fantastic. And, and if it is a larger donation, we can also look at you know a monthly payment rather than a one-off if if that helps. But look, if if anyone is interested in, in helping us out there, you know, if you'd like to partner with us to make this possible, probably the best thing to do is to give us uh, send us an email. Um, that our email address is info at signs dot org dot au.
0: Okay, so once again, that is info at signsofthetimes.org.au. Kent, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM today. We always appreciate your updates, and uh, we do need to move on with the show. Um, We are going to be back after this song, the 8 o'clock news, back with Encounter with God. You're listening to Faith FM.
1: 107 to 109 Princess Highway, Dapto We are in the High Ninja Hall inside the Dapto Ribbonwood
4: Center
2: For more information you can get in touch with us on Facebook
4: Just search for Southern Illawarra Seventh-day Adventist Church Or
6: contact us on 0402 716 762
1: We hope to see you soon and stay tuned to Face FM